0: Hey, thank you very much, Gary. Appreciate it. It's 8.05 on this Monday morning, 13th day of November, 2023. I'm John Reed, and glad you're with us here on News Radio WRVA. Um, we've got lots to talk about today. You know, I hope you'll stay with us to um, the nine o'clock hour because we're going to talk to Luke Rosiak, the reporter for the daily wire who has broken this story that I heard about last week. It was on Facebook and you know, it, it involves Senator Ghazala Hashmi and the question of whether or not she uh, lied and may committed a felony. I mean, I don't know uh, about where she lives and look, I've been around this stuff for a long time. There's always whenever there's redistricting, people go, oh, no way. They redrew the line. And now I'm living outside of my own district. That stinks. What am I supposed to do? Sell my house and move a mile away into the district? Well, yeah, actually, (laughs) I hate to tell you that is what you're supposed to do. Or you can't run. I mean, I think didn't that happen to Amanda Chase? Amanda Chase is in the district. She knew she was going to face some a challenger like Glenn Sturdivant and Tina Ramirez. And I think if I, I'm, I think I'm remembering this correctly. I think people told her, "Hey, you could move over here and you'd be in a different Senate district, and maybe because you're an incumbent senator and a Republican, <laughs> there you might you know have a clear path to go back to the Senate. I think I'm remembering this correctly. And she didn't do that. She decided, you know, this is where I live, this is my district. This is where the line is, so I'm gonna run. Then she didn't get the nomination. <clears throat> she wasn't shady about it. Now I don't know what we're about to find out here with Ghazala Hashmi, but if if in fact, you know, you can't you can't go just get a P.O. box. Oh, this'll be my new official address, a P.O. box. You I mean they no, you can't do that. You gotta actually live in the district. And living in the district, what does that mean? Do you go rent a room in somebody else's house and say, this is where I live, but you never sleep there? I mean, if you were smart, if let's just say you had a apparently Ghazala Hashmi has a $600,000 house. Okay, great. Good for you. No, that's great. Um, Yes. If you're going to get an apartment in the district and claim that it's your house, then you better be able to show that you rerouted your mail there. You better be able to show that you're living there. Uh, I, I'm assuming it's still in Chesterfield, right? So you wouldn't be able to show that you switched your taxes. Um, that that would be an issue, you know. In some places, if if it's a different county, you better be paying taxes in the county that's actually the the district you're looking to represent. So, Luke Rosiak, the reporter who's covering uh, this story with Senator Hashmi, will be here now. Will she be disqualified? Will she face charges for? allegedly not filling out the forms accurately, I, um, I've i got questions as to whether any Democrats ever held accountable for anything they ever do, um, even when it's documented. So let's see. It, and this is with the big assumption that what we're being told is true. I heard about the story, and I didn't go with it right before the election because I thought, you know what? I don't like things like this. I don't like it when stuff is dropped right before the election. That makes me question. You know, I'm not going to be a part of that. You either get it and get it a week before the election and I can verify it or, you know, I don't do the last minute thing, Republican or Democrat. I'm just not going to screw over people that way. Um, In this case, though, the election's over. Let's see what's true and what's not true. And we'll try to get to the bottom of that as we continue. Plus, now we have Abigail Spanberger running for governor. So as a Democrat, so we've got LeVar Stoney and Abigail Spanberger. Should we just sit back and watch the two of them destroy each other? Is that what's about to happen? I mean, call each other racists and, you know, I, I mean, there's so many ways that could go. The problem is Virginia winds up being hurt by this whole mess, Democrat mess. So we'll see uh, what what the congresswoman's announcement. And you might have sensed, I've just kind of given up on the idea that she's going to come on the air anymore, I've been told by a few people she now hates me and hates the show. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not worried about it if that's the case, because it seems like the Democrats have just decided that they're not going to talk to conservative voters anymore. Um Donald McKeachin came on. He knew I wasn't voting for him, but he was willing to come on. There are a few Democrats who are still kind of old fashioned who will come on and and they know that I will at least be respectful even if I disagree with them. So I thought that was interesting. But anyway, it's eight ten here and there's so many cultural problems that we need to address. And it's shocking to me where some of them are coming up. Have you have you perused the book aisle for children lately? I mean at Target, that's one place you can go and see the insane, ridiculous, uh, you know, I don't know, Daddy has daddy had me in his tummy kind of garbage that's out there these days. Some people have had enough of it. I mean, why are we involved why are we indoctrinating children into this bizarre sexual stuff? Whether it's gay, whether it's trans, what I mean, you know, just normalcy. And innocence is what I think we should be doing for children. That's coming from a gay guy. I think normalcy and innocence and family is what we should be talking to children about. There's plenty of time for them to get their own ideas about where they're going to go in life. We should start out with normalcy. But it seems like these librarians and a lot of the teachers have a different idea The superintendent of the Spotsylvania County Schools is with us this morning, Mark Taylor. And you've got, what is this, a winter book fair? Superintendent Taylor, I appreciate you coming on. Walk me through this, and thank you for calling in today.
1: Thanks, John. Thank you very much. Uh, Yes, we're looking forward to a visit from Kirk Cameron uh, on December 2nd. at That's exciting. That's a Saturday. Now, this is an event that I'm sponsoring myself uh that i wanted to bring mr cameron to our community notice that his public library uh events uh they run out of space pretty quickly and i think that's because he's offering wholesome content for kids and i want our community to have some of what he has to share just as an experience and so we're going to have a visit for mr cameron and his team and there's going to be some book reading and books available and food trucks and uh really a happy time for families and again this is it's at our local high school but consistent with division policy you know i'm essentially renting the facility for the day Mm -hmm. and having holding this event
0: why has it become an issue what is it that you were looking at that said, I have to take this step to bring a famous actor who is trying to hold some sort of moral compass up to guide people into town?
1: Well, Joe, you know, this goes right back to comments you had just uh, leading up to this interview. The The sexualization of childhood is, to me, misplaced. You know, I'm an outsider that came into public education Uh, last year, really wanting to refocus on um, academics. And our division has made solid strides forward, recovering from the pandemic learning loss and all that. Along the way, Governor Youngkin came out with guidance about sexually explicit content. Mm -hmm. And we've been obedient to that guidance to review and look at removing content. One of the things that shocked me along the way is the notion that for decades, books have come into school libraries without the uh, public school team or the librarians or really anyone actually knowing what is in the content before it comes into the library. Now, imagine that. We closely scrutinize all of the structured curriculum content for teaching individual classes, but the library content comes in with less attention, reviewed based on very short summaries. We even found one case of a book where essentially no libraries, public school libraries across the country had picked it up because the summary itself was explicit. Hmm. But once the publisher took all the dirty words and the the wild ideas, out of the sexualized ideas out of the summary, then school libraries picked up that book. Mm-hmm. we need to know would you would you are you a label reader, John? I think part of the issue with public education is that we need to be in today's world we need to be label readers yeah. in order to respect the rights of parents, respect really our own task what we're trying to do in the lives of children. It strikes you have to me be cognizant of what we're giving them.
0: It, it strikes me that there's a radicalization um in the library world and in uh primary school education that just didn't exist. I mean, I'm 52. I remember my elementary school librarian um I think she I mean maybe I'm maybe I'm completely off. She struck me as an older lady. God, she might have been my age and I just thought she was old, but she struck <laughs> me as a very traditional older lady and um, I can't imagine that she would have chosen with whatever limited budget she had to purchase new books for the library, that she would go with things that were extreme uh, or would have been perceived as extreme. It's like we've got plenty of books that are mainstream books that won't cause consternation. Let's get the kids reading. Let's educate them baseline. And, of course, in today's society, you can get anything you want on the Internet Probably for free, and if you really want a hard copy of the book, you can buy it yourself, and it's probably not going to break the bank. I mean, it's just such a different world. It's puzzling to me that these radicals feel like taxpayer money in schools is the way to go to bring this material into the classroom, and there's so many other places that you can rattle, radicalize the kids. It's it's
1: puzzling. It is, John, because actually what we found you know, is that the book's that we've removed from school libraries are even available in the public library. So the notion that we are banning books at all is ludicrous. Okay. If you, if you walk into a Starbucks and ask for, I don't know, a, uh, uh, a, a roast beef dinner, They say, that's not what we serve here. They don't have it. They're (laughs) not banning roast beef dinners. They're just saying that we're focused on coffee. That's not what we're offering. Right, right. Public education needs to be focused on academics for kids. Yeah. We need to be focused on their uh, finding their path in life and developing basic skills, math and English, to be able to navigate our culture. We need to get them thinking about vocational identity. Yes. Well, that's the great thing.
0: I I hope that people will take you up on this. It's the Skytree Book Fair on December 2nd. So you got a little time to plan for this Riverbend High School in Spotsylvania, 9 o'clock in the morning until 2 p.m. with a special appearance by the actor Kirk Cameron, who has really put himself out there as one of the people who, I don't know that he planned on being a conservative social justice warrior but he's trying to uh stop the insanity from overtaking everything that touches your children and mark taylor is the superintendent in spotsylvania and i appreciate your work too mr taylor thanks so much i appreciate it thank you john have a great day 818 we're back with more in a moment on news radio wrva